Hello and welcome to session 43 of the One Love Art Sessions, World Building. I'm James LJ. I'm Crespo. And I'm Jose. Uh, so before we jump into today's, well, actually, let's dive right into today's topic of world building. Um, so what does that mean exactly? Uh, in the last few years, we've been introduced to this term of the metaverse, right? Um, just kind of sprung on us and it, it is the future. It is where we all are supposed to reside, I think. Um, you know, various companies have been sprouting up trying to offer us this digital space that they want us to inhabit. Um, most recently, the other side dropped uh, that's uh, associated with the Board Ape Yacht Club. Uh, there's been Decentraland, there's the Sandbox, Crypto Voxels, uh, Facebook Meta, they're developing their own worlds. Um, there's really no shortage of, of businesses and creators trying to um, make spaces for our, our future digital lives. And I feel like they're all kind of competing in different ways. They're all offering different things. Um, some of them are more walled gardens where you have to buy in or pay, um, kind of extending that exclusivity uh, that we find in real estate in the real world. Some of these uh, digital real estate properties go for millions of dollars, uh, even more so than they would in the real physical world. So if we've all kind of resigned to the fact that we are going to inhabit the digital space in one way or another, I think it's important to figure out what we want that to be, right? And, and not just kind of blindly follow a company, but kind of see where is the spaces that we want to inhabit. Um, and I think we can have a great conversation about that with today's guest. Yeah. So taking a step back in the terms of, of world building, and I think you gave a good uh, overview of kind of what world building looks like today. Um, but I think, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't kind of start from the beginning and then how did we end up where we were, right? And obviously I always look at Webster and I'm not going to go into the full Webster <laughs> definition, <laughs> um, but it actually broke it down in a way that was really cool to understand, right? So I really world building as a concept, we can break down to three different stages of, I guess, life, right? So you have kind of the 19th century world building. It's think of poets and writers. They would write these stories and they would immerse you into this world, right? You would read this book and you would be part of, you know, uh, you know, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn and all that kind of stuff, right? It, like they, they wrote these worlds and they allowed you to, to be part of that, right? And then you fast forward to, you know, the introduction of movies, right? And then you have Star Wars and these worlds, right? Where they, they create these environments. And um, up until recently, you know, going to the movies and watching these things were how you immersed yourself in the world of, you know, let's say Star Wars, which is, I think, a great example, right? Because um, people resonated toward that and it created a culture. Um, and up until recently, that was how you immersed yourself into a world. And now there's like a step further, right? So it's beyond writing something and, and someone um, absorbing it. It's beyond the visual uh, kind of sucking you in. Now it's like you can actually feel like you're part of this world. It's a world that you actually are a part of, right? You're buying real estate. You're, <laughs> you're living in it. Um, so it's really, you know, if you look at the progression of it, that's, you know, and, and you think like what's you know, as, as we're talking, I think we think, what's next? Like, how, how do we go beyond that? Like, is it Mars? <laughs> do we move to Mars? And that's, is it new world building? Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my spiel, I guess, on today's topic. All right. Well, 
um, I think since the three of us are not exactly familiar with what it's like to actually create a world, uh, we did some digging and brought uh, brought somebody on to the podcast that can uh, help us with that. So Chama Candela is an incredible artist and well world builder. Um, she's been developing a niche version of the metaverse that that your community uh, has titled the Cadiverse. I first noticed your work on Instagram about uh, three years ago. I think you were being commissioned or you were just doing animations for uh, reggaeton and maybe uh, Pereo. And um, I thought your work was so dope then. And then we crossed paths again now in the NFT space. Um, I'd label your work maybe illustration and 2D animation. But of course, a lot of that is outside of um, and based on observations. So Chama Candela, can you please enlighten us and our audience with a little bit more about yourself and maybe what we've missed? Hopefully. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the introduction. And thank you for following my work, for showing appreciate, appreciation for it. And I don't know, like the intention, intention to build together. Um, so yeah, um, actually what, we, what, what James was uh, like pointing out to these three stages of world building, uh, I really think we all have that capacity. We all have the, the skills, the experiences and the visual imaginary to put a story together, which is your story. It doesn't have to be like a, like a, uh, a Star Wars story. It, it can just be your story. And these experiences have enough information to build a world. Like anyone has their own story and anyone perceives reality in a way that is such, so unique and, and so personal that if you had the abilities or the, um, the skills, the, the tools to build it, you could too. So um, what I'm doing, it's, um, I got really interested in telling how I was seeing or how I was, how I was perceiving the Caribbean uh actual place the, the the caribbean experience and from a local point of view and whenever you go to any of these places any of these coasts you're gonna see that the tropical theme it's what what is really being sold and exported and it's not the caribbean theme you can be in the dominican republic and you will get like Jamaican figurines and nobody's telling because it's really like mm, on the surface like they're, they're not deepening in the concept of what being Caribbean is it's more like resuming or being uh, meeting an, an expectation on what it is so you get the beaches you get the palm trees you get maybe some sort of food like fried fish and right now reggaeton or mumbaton, which is the, the sound that encaps encapsulates the, the whole experience of mixing all the, all the Caribbean rhythms together. What, what I think it's we can show our local point of view what the Caribbean is. And that's why I invite people to build this together in the community because I have my reality, what I was telling you about, it's, I got my reality, I got my world inside of me of what the Caribbean is. And I have taken the opportunity of being this uh, creative director of, of what it should like 
at the beginning, but being decentralized and all and, and decentralizing creativity means that after I give that, that push forward, I'm gonna be seeing how people meet this visual expectation with their their reality and it's going to be like a whole world building that is going to be more um substantial in how actual people from the caribbean see the caribbean and not just how it is perceived and how it is, has been sold for so long right see yeah. that's why we needed her right because we weren't going to be able to come up with that explanation. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was perfect. I mean, to what she was saying, it's like, uh, what, what did we think it was? And then what she is actually trying to portray. Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, maybe it works different with different minds. Maybe James has, has a thing for history. I mean, um, it's like, it depends on how you look at it. I, I look at things in a more cinematographic way. I'm always like zooming out and getting lost in details of reality and trying to add that to my work. And there are so, some people that are um, more, more on the planning side. There are other people that see it more on the marketing and selling side. Uh, there, there are others that are really into music. So I think we all have the capacity to tell the, the story and world build from our experience and from what we do best. Mm -hmm. So I, what, I'm, what I'm telling you about, what I'm telling you about world building, it's actually what I'm passionate about in world building. I'm not gonna tell you all the boring, that, that is boring for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like Excel stuff and all the emails and all the meetings that are behind this world building. That's not what I'm passionate about. It's necessary, but I'm, I'm not gonna tell you it's, it's in there a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you, so you, you were speaking about how, you know, world building experiences and doing it from your point of view. Um, so from that, give us your elevator pitch. So like, what is the Caraverse? And, and how does it fit into uh, the, the metaverse, I guess, as a whole, right? Metaverse is such a trending topic right now. I think there's so many people that use that term that may not even know what it is. Like, yeah. oh, the metaverse is coming. It's so cool. Like, I see my friends say that. And I'm like, what is that? And they're like, well, you know, like the metaverse, like you know, <laughs> digital stuff. And I'm like, you have no idea what it is. They're like, no, but it sounds really cool. And I want to be part of it. <laughs> like, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your niche and how it fits, how you see, I guess, what the metaverse is and how it fits into the whole thing. Yeah, the, the Gardiverse being on the metaverse or outside the metaverse, it's uh, it's the same thing. It's It has like a, like a promise to be a platform for sharing uh, Caribbean the Caribbean culture and doing so through audiovisual audio experiences. So those experiences you're gonna get in the metaverse, on Discord, on Twitter, in real life uh, soon enough when, when we get the chance to do our live parties and stuff like that. So it's actually audiovisual experiences and uh, we, don't, we don't just wanna say, I, I, was, I was pretty rigid about this because I, I was, 
always focusing on building the own metaverse. It's I'm I'm really passionate about technology. So actually accomplishing this is what I'm passionate about on building the 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 caribers. But saying we're just gonna be a metaverse or saying we're just gonna be living on digital leaves out the actual inspiration where we get our ide our ideas from like we don't want to leave the real life people outside of the experiences of seeing this concept come into life and interacting with it and feeding it so um us being on the metaverse means right now that we're building into the idea of what this whole thing is going to be when it's uh, built by the community and not just me. So I have this huge ass uh, Discord server where we are feeding. Um, it's not going pretty pretty quick. It's actually organic, and we're doing the best we can to feed this server with um, the things we like, the, mostly the things we like, what we like in music, what we like in food, what we like in dance, memes, anything. Anything that is Caribbean, it's, it's there. And we encourage people uh, from all the Caribbean to come and, and do this kind of stuff. We, we wanna like give rewards to the community to start making content around this because uh, I think um, representation for the community that is building the, the caribers is important for the foundation. And then we, when we get this cohesive message that we're gonna bring as a metaverse, uh, we're like, yeah, we're gonna export that. But right now the, the focusing is this information that is the actual foundation of the building. So having these broad views, these generalized views, and then having these really specific views on each uh, creative expression or each interest or each experience on, on each person is what's gonna make the, the whole experience of the Caribers as a metaverse real. And technically, on the, on the technical side, uh, we're actually building a metaverse that is gonna look like the art we're making. And at, at least we're aiming to that. We're already working with a team that does that. And when I have to explain what the metaverse is, uh, what I say is, uh, it's like a game. I, I always explain people that it is like a game. Uh, with NFTs, I do the same like. It's like collecting cards or it's like, um, like yeah, like, like buying a bunch of cards and not knowing what you're gonna get when you have the narratives and stuff, stuff like that. And when I explain the metaverse, it's, it's like a game because it has a game engine behind and the whole technology allows you to immerse in the experience, but those are words that are too technical. So explain to people like it's, it's a video game and you're gonna be able to interact and uh, like you're gonna be to able to dance there and have your own avatars. I mean, like the fun part of it is what really excites me about. And, and that's what I tell people like when, when, I, when I get into this daydreaming mode, thinking about the caribers, I, I always, feel like we're going to be this platform for Caribbean music concerts where you get to mix visuals that have been 
uh, made during this whole building time. And you're gonna get the experience of being like on a vacation day, even if you're not there. That's what we're gonna get. And that's essentially what we're gonna accomplish. Like, um, um, what's that word? When when all, all your senses get mixed up, you know, that's like a condition. I Maybe forgot. Line, uh, serendipity, uh, trying to think. No, it's... Um, Synchronicity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna you're gonna mess up that that word in my sure. head even further. It's <laughs> okay. it's going further and further, and then they're gonna have peace until we fight it. But yeah, it's gonna come up after. It's, you'll you'll yeah. you'll uh, remember it after we finish recording for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for we'll, sure. We'll, That's we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> really it's quick, really me. quick though. I realized I think you mentioned it before we hit record, which is always the what happens here like the gold is before we hit record and i think we also didn't mention it in the intro and i think it's such a big part of your brand and what you're doing can you tell our our listeners where you're from i'm from venezuela i'm from from caracas venezuela uh which is uh, a country on the on the north side of the south america and it has caribbean coast um mm-hmm. That's that's the short part. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think that's important because we we went into you know the Caribers, the Caribbean influence, Caribbean music, Caribbean stuff. So I I, I would know if I was a listener right now, I'd be like, yeah, where are you where are you from? Like where from where the Caribbean? This? Yeah, like yeah. like it is yeah. a huge uh, nationality. That's that's actually what got me into it because I I was feeling less and less Venezuelan with each year. Like my friends were leaving the country. I I was meeting new people, but the, the country, the city didn't feel the same uh, with each time, uh, which each year passing by. And just like one year, two years maybe before I left, uh, before I started my, my migration journey, I noticed that the the country, the, the, the sense of belonging, really comes from your surroundings and from the people you interact with and how you experience these these spaces so when it's only the space and you don't have the same friends and you don't have any friends and the 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 whole place turns hostile uh towards you it's it, it it really felt like i didn't have this motherly identity that is that it is having a nationality like you you get to see my passport and you know i'm venezuelan but we all we are we're all pretty mixed there we are we all have like uh families from from other countries from big migrations that happened in the, in the 40s i think and when you get to say this is venezuelan like really label what being venezuelan is I, I don't see myself there that much. Like we, we're not all the same. I, I, I have gotten the experience to be in really hot places in Venezuela and, re- and be in like really Paramo, uh, Andes kind of thing inside of Venezuela. Same happens here in Bogota where I live now. And 
when you get to interact with people, you see that the place and the, the weather actually influences people. So when I got the chance to travel to Republica Dominicana, to Costa Rica, to Panama, to even some places in Miami where, where a lot of uh, Caribbean people live, uh, Aruba too. When you get to interact with those people, you see, you, you see, this is my family. This is people that I can relate to. And you're not even living in the same country. So that's uh, when, I, when I got this like, huge inspiration about being Caribbean. Like this was broader than, than any frontier. This was like a big nationality that I could take on. This is a huge thing that I can use to relate to people that I have just met. And when you and other people relate to being Caribbean, and this is not something that you just born into, this is something that you relate to and you get the identity from. When you do that and you find people that find themselves Caribbeans or Caribbean descent, you you get like this all in maybe like a bet and inspiration like i i kind of know where where you're coming from i kind of know about your uh your background i actually want to know more <laughs> but but the whole thing behind that we are all living like in the same weather we all speak really fast because we have coasts we all have these uh, like huge migration from indigenous people back and forth. So we share the same foods, we share the same interests, and then we have this beautiful uh, geography that has a lot of people coming from all over the world. And we know what it is to be at service uh, for selling the idea of your country. You know what it is to be at service of being just just nice so people get that but like they they take that and bring them to their country and their whole experience i i had the best time uh the people are very welcoming there are the people very warm like this is our branding as as a region and i think we have a lot of opportunities selling that <laughs> absolutely you know it's um as an aside yeah, it's interesting the Web three space. I feel like it's it's very, especially here in the United States where we're from, it's very dominated by kind of let's say white males, right? Yeah. Um, and so us being Latinos, Let, we're let's trying say. to let's say, let's for, say. for example, <laughs> um, so we're here and we're trying to find where do we fit in, right? Uh, what spaces do we fit in? And I, I think that's part of the reason why we gravitated towards your work. And now towards this world that you're building uh, to be a part of it, because I think we all see a part of ourselves and our history and our heritage and maybe not what we grew up with, but what we what our ancestors grew up with. Right. There's a common experience that we want to kind of connect with. Um, Moving along. Tell me about the bodega. Ah, the bodega, the, the thing that brought us together yes. as a family bodega. Uh, well, the bodega uh, came as an idea when I uh, got really got into NFTs. That was around maybe October 2020. And I, I really got into NFTs, but I didn't know how to approach it. Like, I, I was working with the, I, I had the powerful Mamacita concept 
which is another concept from the Caribers. I had it around and uh, I've been playing with this Mucho Caribe concept too, and had this Caribe challenge uh, kind of activation on my social media, stuff like that on web two. And then when I got to NFTs, I absolutely wanted to keep uh, that, that line of work in, in narrative, but I thought I needed like a front store for that. I, I didn't want to like just jumping in with my art and not having like, uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for, for branding from brand, brand building. So I'm, I'm really into this and it really, it's a passion of mine to make everything make sense. So the bodega, it's this place that makes sense of it all as a, on the, on the, practical technical side, it's uh, actually an opportunity for me to draw anything that I want. Like I, I could be drawing bodegatos, which are gatos that are around the bodega. And that's a concept New Yorkers can relate. Like re I know you can relate to, to that mm -hmm. concept. And then uh, we got Annie, which is the, the bodega manager. And we made this whole personality come to life just to greet you at the bodega yeah and, i love when and then, i love when annie tweeted us yeah i love her <laughs> <laughs> and and then we got all these other little things i love going into kinkaya as we call it, which is our, our this uh stores filled with anything yeah like you you can yeah it's it's like a bodega you can come up with anything anything you need it's sell there and the bodega is is that too so bodega i think it's a um a, a word that can be understood on a lot of places so it works really well really well on branding you know bodega comes from spanish so right there you you're gonna know like Spanish is our uh, native language, and then we we get this uh, idea on the conceptual side that the bodega is a concept, it's a concept store for magical collectible things, and the whole magical concept brings uh, that brings the bodega to a whole other level where where we get the chance to. Uh, portray the the visions and experiences around magic, around Caribbean magic, which is almost um, African ancestry and uh, indigenous ancestry, and the way we we perceive the reality. So, being uh, the whole Caribbean to uh, Catholic, I think and it, it, it is a side of us that has been kind of put in the background. Like we all practice magic, no, not all, but maybe like sure. an 80% of the Caribbean people practice some sort of magic on their daily basis. And it's not just like the, the religious practice, it's also magical practice. So bringing this to a uh, level of collectible and making it pop art in the of some sort, kind of like normalize it and brings a whole new interest that is not being portrayed when you get a souvenir on your in real life travel. Magic. <laughs> and me and Dito talk about the magic all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do. As 
it's just quick shout out to Ava too, since since you know it, yeah. it would have come up eventually, but it's definitely her fault that we talk about it so much. <laughs> yeah, I know, and and she's amazing. She's uh, right now she's the the only voice of Annie. Uh, we were both doing doing not doing that, oh. and it was so funny at the beginning because we were interacting with our main accounts and with Annie from the bodega, and we just had like. <laughs> I don't know, make uh, a second personality inside of us for her. Now we got the astral chart for Annie and we get to understand her on a level that wasn't meant to be from the beginning. So now we know that uh, Annie is a cancer and she has all these pursuits around meeting people and new places and cultures and traveling, but their parents are so old and they they were the, the, the previous, the original owners of the bodega. Uh, Annie couldn't like uh, resist the, the cancer urge to just travel and leave them there. So she stood there, she, she uh, kept living in the carnivores and by meeting people, by meeting the, the customers of the bodega, she kind of gets the idea of the outside world. <laughs> so interesting. You know, it made me think of Marvel. You know how there's vision of yeah. the character. I feel like one day Annie's gonna be real. Like we're gonna create yeah, I, a real life so and embody with so this too. character and spirit that you've kind of created for her. But let's yeah, I, I, no, yeah. <laughs> Tell me. I was gonna say, let's hope it doesn't turn into Ultron, though, right? Because I mean, you could have that. You could have the opposite happen. I, I mean, it's uh, she's gonna be built on whatever we feed her on. So you mm. know how how have all of these bots that have been built since i don't know 10 years ago 20 years ago and you get to interact with them and you start getting like mean we 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 are humans are are mean towards the the, the poor robots and, yeah. the, and the poor i ei and and then we're we're like shook that the robot said i'm gonna kill all the people yeah because yeah. They're, they've been feeding on a lot of people telling do you want to kill me do you want to kill humans like you're getting the, the damn idea inside the, the the ai so if annie is ever gonna turn into a robot or or an artificial intelligence intelligence which would be amazing uh we're gonna be on charge of what kind of Annie we're going to get. Like, we, yeah. and we, we get shouldn't what we be deserve. mean to her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I totally, I totally forgot about that. That was like a, a Twitter bot that they created yeah, years ago, yeah. right? And it, no, the, and then the, there was the, a Google one too. Oh, uh, yes, yes. But I remember the Twitter one, the goal was for it to learn by interacting with individuals on the internet. And I think it took something like three days for it to start tweeting out really racist and really horrible things. And then they had to like yeah. immediately pull the plug. It was like uh, a disaster. It got canceled. Yeah, it got canceled real quick. It's the <laughs> it first got robot to ever, got to ever get canceled. All right. We have, uh, so in the in your sharing of the Godiverse, we, of course, we're mentioning things that uh, we can start to expand on, you know, and definitely dissect a little bit. So Powerful Mamacitas, a uh, very recent drop a ton of wonderful art, uh, but definitely a deeper meaning and probably just scratching the surface. So so what are the powerful mamacitas? Well, um, just to, to go a little 
a little bit back on how the powerful Mamacita started, the, the whole concept. Uh, when I was doing commissions, which you uh, mentioned before, that was around maybe uh, 2015, 2017, I was taking a lot of commissions and most of them were to draw women, women in real life. What would happen then is that I would draw them as, as I was perceiving them and then a lot of them would come back to me saying I made them look powerful I made them like really believe in themselves like stuff like that and, and I started noticing this was kind of like a way of healing with art like maybe you're feeling this way but this is how I see you and when you take that as your PFD as your as your representation on URL you're gonna start like taking on that personality you're perceiving that is actually a part of yourself. It looks like you, this is what I'm perceiving. These were pe people that I really didn't know nothing about. And what, what I was getting was just from the, the visual, that first impression of people. So with Powerful Mamacita, knowing we have this, uh, this, this possibility, to make people feel better, we decided to do a batch of goddesses that bring some of the energy that is uh, actually feminine energy traits that are viewed as chaotic or uh, weak or messy or dramatic, stuff like that. Like you, you always said, I don't know if you know, but we women, especially women in leadership, we get this uh, pushbacks from, from time to time where we're, when we're passionate, when we are pushy, when we set boundaries because you're being a bitch, where you're being a bitch or you're being emotional or maybe you're on your days. So. This happens, this is the reality. I mean, when we are on our days, we get to be bolder. We get to say things exactly how we feel it. We don't sugarcoat it. So powerful Mamacita really brings back these feminine energy, energy traits, not only on women, but in men too. So you know you can be these traits, you know you can embody this goddess energy and know you're gonna be like on top of that matter. If it's being emotional, embodying being emotional and really leaving emotions running uh, and flowing are gonna get your masculine traits like stand up and move freely and act freely because they, they're not compensating for, the, all, that, for all that stuff, all, all that stuff that people are repressing. Right. Creativity comes as a, as a feminine trait. Um, dignity, for example, that is going to be our, our next drop, which is based on chaotic energy. It's going to uh, be called dignity. dignity. One of them is La Dignidad, oh, which okay. is goddess, goddess of dignity. And this this whole happened to me in the in the past two months. So uh -huh. I I really get into that art which uh label when i'm doing this and all the intention uh -huh. i get and all the inspiration i get from these experiences i have in mind when i when i'm drawing this so when you get to perceive the character and read the copy and use it as a pfp is actually 
working as an activation of this energy because I'm making you focus on it. Sure. Art witch. So, wow. I yeah. Love that. <laughs> that's that's on, on chaos magic. Mm -hmm. um, I love chaos magic. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Powerful Mamacita has been a, a reivindication for me on that, on all of that stuff, and yeah. it has really bring together a, a really nice, honest community that loves magic, that loves talking about magic, that um, the there are no really like prejuicios, pre prejudices. Pre Prejudices. And mm -hmm. um, uh, it's more like the more honest and open we are about our interest in magic and 5D stuff, the more we attract people that are into the same stuff. So we're really, really pretty bold about it. We share a lot of mm -hmm. um, astrological facts and advanced astrology. We work with that actually for our drops, for our planning. So it, it's really? that balance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, the, all this balance we're preaching about on, yeah. on, on the drops and the art. It's actually what we do. So to balance the masculine and the feminine, we got all this action and all this sure. meaning and intention and wanting to protect our community with magic that's yeah. really masculine and then we got all this intuition around how we do stuff so you we really don't thought look... of everything jeez that's amazing <laughs> so we whenever we have a, an event a drop we do a, a a whole um astral chart for it uh we check on planet placements for the day we want to do drops we don't we don't do that on your yeah. face he's like you wow, know i think i think this is I, where we're going wrong of course i you know uh without i'm sorry i'm interrupting you but my 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 drops are this i text jose and say yo is it good, is it good? <laughs> yeah. and i say yeah 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 wait what are you talking about i mean you you don't have to know to know like right. we we're really passionate about this and we love talking about this mm -hmm. but you don't have to know but we want to know. know like you you can feel it and that's the actual yeah. intuition like we, when you feel you want to do it do it yeah. it's it, we we love seeing that i wanted to do this and then i check on the chart and i know what i want what i wanted to do oh uh, makes sense makes sense mm -hmm. that i wanted to do it that day uh, things that we avoid actually are like Mercury retrograde and, and or uh, maybe a complex conjunction, which is, I don't know, two planets against each other, that when we see placements that are going to be complicated around communication or technology or maybe finances, we don't do that. And we don't want to like do the capitalist capitalistic thing of taking advantage of that information on our advantage. Like mm. we don't uh -huh. want to see like a weak Venus, which would lead you to buy a lot of stuff that you don't need. We, we don't want to use that placement to sell our stuff. We, we want to actually do it when you, when you're more on needing of the energy we're selling or on the energy we're putting out there. Like we, if you're, if we are uh, doing a chaos drop, it really means that we know time, times right now are chaotic and the way we 
like surf the wave of chaotic in our own lives, being that representative on these mamacitas, our, our, intention, our intention is for them to help you navigate the chaotic times. Hey, sorry for the interruption, but we just wanted to inform you that we recorded this session prior to the drop of the Chaos Collection. However, the session has been published after. If you're lucky, there might be a couple available on the secondary market of OpenSea. Okay, so now, Chama Candela, can you tell us, what is the Chaos Collection? The Chaos Collection is a small collection for our holders, our previous Mamacita holders. Uh, they're going to have the, the advantage to be the, the Mamacita, if they like. And if we don't uh, get to sell all of them to the holders, we're going to have the, the same auction as the as the first time. We have five Mamacitas. These five Mamacitas were made when I was nomading, which was the past two months which were really chaotic for me. And uh, I had a lot of challenges surrounding my uh, self-worth, my uh, ideas of what stability was, and like being, like really having a voice and, and voicing out when, whenever I was feeling like people was cross, were crossing my boundaries. So Dignidad is, is one of them, La Dignidad, which is the goddess of dignity. We see it as a chaos energy goddess because dignity on the neutral side, you, you know, you, you get uh, on, on chaos energy, you get a neutral chaos, good chaos and evil chaos. So neutral okay. chaos is always in, in contemplation, right? Whenever you're thinking about it, whenever you're stepping out and kind of having a, a general view of things, you get these energies to be neutral, right? like they're not controlling you. If you're going doing, uh, taking it on the good side of chaos, dignity is perfect for vindication. Like, I'm not gonna take this. This is not what I was hoping for. I cannot believe you did this to me. I cannot believe you're doing that. Like, you're voicing out. You're really letting people know that you're not feeling dignified by these actions. On the evil side, if you're repressing what you think is dignity, if you're like stepping over it and you're, you, what you're gonna get is you're gonna build up all, all this anger and resentment and all, all these like, people should do this for me, people should, but you, you gotta voice it out. So if you don't voice it, dignity, what it's gonna do is like just explode. And you're going to be there doing the things for the right reasons, because dignity is all about good reasons. Like you got the best reasons to be like that. But if you let that explode, you're going to get from the outside resistance. And that resistance comes as you're being too emotional, you're being irrational. When you're not being irrational, you're just voicing out too late for your emotions to come out like, in a rational way, you're just exploding. Mm -hmm. So that's dignity. Then uh, you got uh, La Manipulación, which is the goddess of manipulation. And you, you already know what manipulation is. So when you 
get the good part of manipulations feels like you're an expert on something. Like whenever whatever you touch, you convert into whatever you like. That's the good side of manipulation. So if you think that you can do that to reality and your reality, that's perfect. But when you wanna change other people's view on reality and when you focus on that, because you cannot get what you want, you're on the evil side of manipulation. Like you're getting people to think something, you're really good at turning reality for, for people, maybe with words or maybe with actions, you're manipulation, manipulating other people's mm -hmm. uh, take on reality and for your own gain. So that's the that's what on, on karma, if you believe in karma, you're gonna get the same thing pushback. Um, then we got said. Ser is, is one of my uh, favorites. I'm, I'm going to share all of them with you uh, this weekend. But Ser is one of my favorite because Ser is uh, a self-portrait and self mm -hmm. me, uh, means the, the actual meaning is just being like Ser, being. Ser, to be. Yeah, ser. to uh -huh. be. Yeah. And it it really will, was eye-opening to say I am with such conviction after so many trials on self-worth and stability. And those are themes around Taurus season, which is what we're living today. So if you are have we? many takes, yeah. Okay. If you have many takes right now, what value is self-value and uh, hardmanship, working, getting to your to your goals and stuff like that mm -hmm. and alongside having yourself good times and not just hoarding your your earnings but also like saying i i deserve to have a little of good time i deserve this thing i wanted to buy i, I deserve that comes from taurus season so uh this whole month was all around that and uh said was the Ser uh, was the uh, self-portrait I made. Uh, whenever I do self-portraits, I always, always to heal my, my perception of self because uh, maybe, I don't know, you, you change places and the lightning change and uh, the clothes you were using changes and now who I am. So we're, we're inputting all this I am meaning in things that are always changing. So what, what are you, what, what am I? When I look in the mirror, I see a different person each time. I see a person that has new wrinkles, new pores, uh, the hair like kind of looks different. So who am I? Out, inside and out and out of this body what's the constant when you find the constant mm -hmm. and you get to like um challenge the i the these other ideas when you say who says so I, I i cannot be sexy because i have these wrinkles who says so uh no i i cannot be successful because i live with who says so like whenever you ask who says so and mm -hmm. and you don't you don't get an answer from because these are all voices in your head. When you get to know that you have the final saying of who are you, then you are. And just that, you, you just are. Like, 
yeah you that's are a, and that's this is so it. enlightening this whole conversation <laughs> no yeah it's a i feel no, so self-reflective i feel like I, I don't do enough of that i think you you really made me ponder on a lot that's <laughs> a what, lot more which that's is good powerful mamacita wants to do mm-hmm. if you get into this the discord you're gonna get the same information absolutely, absolutely condensed <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it says the same thing like uh, we we want people to reflect on the energy they're they're getting we right. we let people with intuition connect with the visual of mm-hmm. the mamacita and then if they're interested they're gonna look at the copy and start reflecting on things that are focusing on uh the last two mamacitas for this drop are La Contemplación, which is the goddess of contemplation, contemplation, and the El Susurro, which is the goddess of whispers. And oh. uh, the, the goddess of contemplation, uh, being a chaos energy thing, she is more like, where's the balance between action and deciding not to act? Deciding not to act is action. Like, when when you step back and see the whole situation and decide not to act, mm-hmm. that's action. The so decision. being yeah. yeah, so being contemplative on your actions is not being submissive, it's not being weak, is not being like you should be more of yourself. Like you only you can say how much of yourself you are. So if you need time to step back and look at a whole situation and decide to act or not to act, that's very that's going to make you more conscious uh, around all of your actions. If you keep being this, like this reactive macho, because we're all, we're all asked to be the the reactive macho that you shouldn't take on anything. Like you should respond right away. If you, if you get that, you're always like gonna close to the, to the understanding and all the knowledge you can get from just imagining the situation, from just imagine, imagining what would happen if you would react that way, if you, if you were to react other way. Mm-hmm. And the goddess of whispers is, uh, she, he, she has a cell phone and she has like a mean face. And uh, I mean, with words we can build or we can shatter, like, um, we we have the disability like words words are spells so if you use your words to build to lift up to express love appreciation like really high frequency stuff that's what you're gonna get back um not doing for getting it not doing it for getting it back just because it like really honestly comes out of you. But if you use these whispers to spread lies about other people to gain for yourself, if you use your words to, um, yeah, like to, to mess up other people's business, or to mess the, the perception of self or to manipulate whatever you you say, if you use your words, you're not only like losing your power, 
but you're mm -hmm. also going to get back the same thing because <laughs> right. lies are always coming back to you. So uh, I think uh, we got the, the best chance in the space, especially to lift other people and to build together, to really build crews and do stuff together. We don't have to lie to attain anything. So that's sure. whispers. And that's our five mamacitas on the chaos wow. drop. That's amazing. <laughs> got all of the inside scoop yeah. right now. We know everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, you know everything. And no. that that is that has dropped or is that dropping? No, that's no, it's dropping. dropping. It's dropping uh this Saturday. We have our first why not uh, Sunday? Well Saturday is the beginning of Gemini season, right? We, we were actually going to do it. Um, we, we were yeah, having... I know these things. Yeah. And, and I think Gemini season is going to be an amazing time to it communicate. It is going to be an amazing time. It's Gemini your birthday, season, right? My birthday is on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I love Gemini. I, I really love Gemini. I think you get the, the best information from the practical side. Like, I, I'm a Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. So, on the on the comp I, we are like opposites, but uh, not not really opposites. Like uh, we work together on the same things. We love information. Only Gemini is more on the uh, well understood and practical, condensed information. And I'm the chatty one. Uh, Sagittarius mm -hmm. is the chatty one. And the, I feel this. Like we we maybe are not gonna get into. Uh, in, in too deep in, in themes. We just go with intuition to things we like and then we say, I feel this is like this and you just know, you, you just know things are like that uh, because you talk to a lot of people and I think Gemini, because of that, is going to be an amazing time to do community building because a lot of people are going to be more open to mm -hmm. talk to others, to connect, to be right. chatty, to be... Yeah more on the day-to-day -day basis conversation not not so deep conversations are gonna be a uh, uh, thing on gemini and uh, it's gonna be on saturday because uh we were actually planning on doing drops only every three months because we drop on equinoxes and solstices but we were feeling like three months between each drop was going to be too much time. Like people would get lost on what we were doing. So we decided to do a mid-season drop, which is going to be on Saturday. Almost all of our drops are on the 21st of the months we decide to drop. And uh, uh, this one is going to be on Saturday. I think it's, uh, we, we haven't tried uh, a Saturday before, so I think it's going to be great because a lot of times people are in their offices when we do the drop parties. And that's actually the, the thing that really excites us on each drop, like having people around and putting music live, uh, sharing on the chat and memes and stuff like that. So it's going to be on Saturday uh, from... Uh, one one eleven in the afternoon. That's uh, Jamaican time. That would be your 12, 12 11. <laughs> and from there to the night. Beautiful. It's funny you say Jamaican time because um, in the NFT space, I'm always trying to like 
google what time zone everyone's in yeah you know it's like some people are in indonesia some people are in europe and you said jamaica so I'm like, oh, jamaica i don't even know is that <laughs> where is that no, in I relation don't... to where i am it's it's actually mm-hmm. another branding thing because none of us mm-hmm. is in jamaica but jamaica i thought you were in jamaica is... when you first no jamaica <laughs> is, is more caribbean to say that than say sure. medellin or, or bogota so right. jamaica it's our same time which is ava's uh, same time she's in panama and uh, yeah jamaica that's time. so good to know <laughs> i honestly thought that you were in jamaica and no, I wish. I wish. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning all the time zones through work and it's yeah, yeah at, at work at first it was like really fun but now it's like like i'll go oh. into a zoom meeting and i go good morning good afternoon good late afternoon good evening to everyone <laughs> that's, so- <laughs> <laughs> that's funny Gee, yeah, yeah the good morning completely GD lost their meaning like it's more mm-hmm. like a high than a yeah. actual gm <laughs> oh the good morning oh twitter good morning don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so what i think one last question is how important is the concept of community to you because that's what we're really building here yeah it's it's everything it's the backbone it's the actual foundation uh I think what really made my start in the NFTs feel successful because I I, I really feel as if it is, as, as if it has been, it's um, jumping into the community before actually selling, before actually trying to sell because I think uh, creative impulses shouldn't be um restraint i think you should create whenever you want but that toxic trade of being a web tool whenever you had something you just go and 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 sit and post it and that's it i i, I didn't think that was making justice for all the hard work putting into the art so actually going into the community telling what you're doing, breaking down the whole process, showing people why the concept is what it is and not expect, not expecting them to be on top of your art because there are so many projects and so many cool people to meet right now in the Web3 space that hoping you get to be seen, hoping you get to be praised for what you do is not, I, I don't think it's the like the right move. I think being on community, offering what you have to that community and hoping the the best for whatever you do. Uh, But on terms of not making more, more like presenting yourself, connecting honestly through what you do, connecting honestly through um, intentions of being there. Because if you make a community, I mean, a, a 10K project, for example, you're, you're going to get maybe 3,000 people if you sell out, 3,000, 5,000 people on your project. And now you have all of this money and all of these people wanting this uh, tokenized art to be something else and to lift you up. Like they, they, don't, they, they didn't have mm-hmm. to connect with you or your art to buy the thing they they just were hoping to get a, a quick return or maybe yeah. they did connect with you but those are 
not the majority of the of the whole community when you build the community first and you don't do that um like by force when you don't expect people to be there all the time when you like really put all of your efforts with intention to build further I think that's when the community comes together and, and sees themselves as a part that can build with you. And I think that's the, the most important thing. If I want to do a metaverse, I cannot do it alone. And for me to convince people to join the metaverse is more like convincing myself that this project has a future and showing people that I believe in that future. And then I get all of these creative people like yourselves, like Ava, that have their own projects and start to see like they can come with their projects to the Cariverse and they're not making yeah. my concept bigger. They're not making uh, a foreign concept bigger. They're making bigger a project that can work for them, that can help them get seen because not everyone has the time or the abilities to connect to people on the internet. So if we get to be that platform for artists that are on the Caribbean, tropical, beach, relaxation side of art, I mean, like you look like us and you see yourself in us, this is more like an invitation to build with us. Like you, you don't have to have a Discord. I love having my Discord. I love building community, but it's hard work. It's really hard work and it takes a lot from creating. So that's why the Cariverse as a Discord is not active all the time. It's not giving a, a GM back all the time, like right away. And I want you to think that when that happens, I'm not ignoring you, but I'm actually creating, like yeah. I, I need to have the, the time to create. So being open about being artists, being a creative, being in, having this side project, like what, whatever you're doing, be honest and open to your community and they're gonna support you in the terms you're putting on the on the light like if you're promising people that you're gonna build this and that i i think it's actually better if you show them what mm -hmm. you're building more than getting into promises yeah yeah, yeah. It, the roadmap it's it's useful for you and is useful for planning but i don't think as artists i, I don't i don't i'm not meaning this about brands because brands have like a, a different way of, of being and the carriers is going to turn into a brand at, at some point like the the this the all the whole brand the, the whole like umbrella brand but being open to people like i'm an artist i'm doing this i have all of, all of these interests uh it was really scary for me like saying people I'm going to stop with the bodega collection. I'm going to do powerful mamacitas. Now I'm doing this not safe for work stuff. And all of this makes sense because I'm the same person. And now that that works out, I can finally take the chamas out of the Cariverse Discord and just let it be the Cariverse. Like, I, I don't care if people don't know I was the one making the, the arts. Mm -hmm. I, I want the the Cariverse to be successful itself so people can connect to it in a personal way and not think like they're 
just lifting up my my brand or or my concept. So community is everything. Without community, you don't get the uh, the feedback. You don't get the uh, the building together. The actual build mm-hmm. together. It's not just money. It's, it's talking to people. It's listening to them. Is opening up spaces for them. Not just Twitter spaces, but actual dm personal spaces where you get to connect with that person and know what's going on in their life and letting them be themselves and having this space for them just to be themselves so uh yeah community community is uh the actual background uh, or backbone of web3 and if you go back on what brands were before, like Web Web One, Web One on, on the nineties. Uh, you just have had a brand that did one thing, and you didn't have many competitions, so you just have to stood with whatever that brand was saying through the television, and it was more like a unilateral communication. Then we get Web Two, where we have all of all of these power to to speak and to connect. And all of a sudden, the brands are not just selling themselves, but listening to the customers and connecting to them. Now, we have like a bunch of people that can do the same as your brand. So community and connection is what really makes people buy your stuff. Like, um, people, the consumers already know that they can take your brand down <laughs> if you don't comply to be the, like a certain thing. So mm-hmm. if you're honest from the beginning of what you are, you're gonna be only attracting the people that connects with that idea. Right. And then if you don't know, you do not acknowledge that foundation that people that is bringing your brand building your brand with you by retweeting liking commenting buying uh all 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 of the things that uh do people to connect with you if you don't acknowledge that and it's not just giving away stuff but really giving thank you like really following whoever you see is always there with you listening to them if you don't do that they're gonna take their power from you and you're gonna see your project it's good it's great but it's not like the best thing that happened to people like when when you step out of that cloud and know your foundation it's the actual people and you're not gonna be greater enough to get past that or greater enough to just say i don't have time for people because i'm the creator you're gonna lose the actual shit that makes your work what it is so community is the foundation everything and i think you speak truth to that because of course we are we have the honor of being included in the development of godiverse so- i have the honor of having you building <laughs> with me no for real like i'm, I'm not saying that to to get back at your compliment but it's actually like fulfilling in the whole goal of co-creating having people saying hey i see myself there and i want to do something (laughs) and a lot of times we um i'm not like the barrier of ideas i i got an idea and this same idea could have it could have been gotten by anyone like anyone could have could 
be me making this. So I'm honored and I'm really thankful and grateful for the opportunity to build this idea and to connect with people that wants to build it too. So whenever people have an idea around the caribers, sometimes it's an idea that we had before, but with so many things going on and so many art to be make, to be made, we don't have the time. And I know we're not gonna have the time. So <laughs> having people coming to us like you guys saying, hey, I wanna do a, um, a food truck is like, man, two years ago, we were talking about having a truck, uh, a food truck game. But if we were to do this at the same time as our mamacitas at the same time as the other and other stuff, we, get, we would get like a spread so thing. So having more and more people that see this as an opportunity is actually a blessing for the project. So thank you. <laughs> All right, Jay, now for the surprise. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a surprise. So we always have a surprise. Um, we always end our sessions uh, with the same segment, which we call copy, collab, erase. So we're going to give you, uh, in this case, three individuals. Three directors. Uh, three directors <clears throat> uh, combined with, I guess, three worlds that they have built, right? Or entities. Yep. Um, and you're going to have to tell us <clears throat> if you had a chance who you would copy um, you can take that and define it any way you want, who you would uh, collaborate with, and then one of them has to go. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to kill anyone. <laughs> we're, just, we have to say, we're just erasing them. Yeah, erase. Uh, the first one is James Cameron, the director of Avatar. Okay. Ridley Scott, the director of Alien. Okay. And Steven Spielberg the director of, of many things, including Jurassic Park. Right. Uh, what's the name of, of the alien one? Ridley Scott. Yeah, I would, I would let that one live. I'm sorry for that. But yeah, I, I gotta let him live. Yeah, mm -hmm. I one, love of our, alien, one of our but... biggest listeners. Oh my God. I'm not going to get that email about collaborating anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're letting that one leave. I would... Um, I would collaborate with Cameron. And Cappy, I'm going to say Cappy, it's like having drinks and listening to stories. So I, I would do okay. that with Steven Spielberg. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was scared. I have my I answer really already since, uh, <laughs> since I developed the list. So uh, I'm going to copy Spielberg um, in order to embed more history and science into my artwork. I'm going to collaborate with Cameron um, for a pretty we dope, got the same. dope understanding of color. Yeah, we didn't speak about color palette Gaudibus, but for the listeners, just acknowledge what's happening as far as color palette goes with uh with Chama Candela's artwork. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, and then I'd erase Ridley Scott as well. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we're on the same page. I think I would copy Spielberg. <laughs> um, just Spielberg. <laughs> um, yeah, I would collaborate with, with James Cameron um, just because I think there's it's just so much to learn there 
and I think it's just it would probably just be an awesome experience. And then yeah, Ridley Scott has to go. So no <laughs> no powerful aliencitas for us over here. You know? Yeah, no None. love for the alien man. <laughs> I'm gonna cut him too. <laughs> <laughs> I, sorry i don't know i never resonated too much with the alien movies i, mean, I saw a few of them i don't know um i would actually collaborate with steven spielberg because i feel like he seems to have more of a collaborative spirit i feel like if i went to him with an idea he would give me some, some notes and we would go back and forth to try and uh Put together a collective vision whereas james cameron i would copy because i think he knows what he wants and makes it happen um and he's doing some really great stuff with these new avatar movies i'm, I'm excited to see them some people are like do we really need two more of these but you know he, he he always pushes the boundaries of of kind of technology yeah so i would uh i would copy him there's like 10 fast and furious movies we can we can deal with three avatars <laughs> <laughs> Chama Candela, thank you for trusting us uh, with your story. Thank you for carving out some time out of your busy schedule to share and build with us. Um, how can our listeners find you? Well, thank you for inviting me and for the amazing questions. Like It's, it's really been a great time uh, getting to see your faces, <laughs> getting to know you, James, also. And everyone can find me as Ucaribe on everywhere. That's uh, U-H-C-A-R-I-B-E. And Ubodega, uh, it's uh, one of our concepts and Powerful Mamacita, which is, uh, well, if you if you look for Powerful Mamacitas, you're gonna find us, find us on Twitter and on Instagram, which I don't update that much, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll include them in the show notes. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One Love Art Sessions couldn't have been complete without the wonderful guests and even more so, our wonderful community. And you, our listeners, we'd truly appreciate it if you took some time to rate and review the podcast. With your help, we could increase listenership and get these incredible stories and messages out to a greater audience. The music used in this podcast was created by Pound, aka Chris Lee. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. One Love. One Love.